filmmaker Kevin Smith will not be on the show today. My apologies. But with all that being said, this is an episode devoted to Kevin Smith. Uh, me and my guest today, we're pretty much just doing a little sampler with some films of his that we love, uh, the lore of them, the inspiration that we've drawn from them as creators ourselves. Uh, I've been studying Kevin Smith's film since I was little, since, since I probably shouldn't have even been allowed to watch some of his movies because of some of the raunchy humor at times. But his films have always had a heart to them, and I've always responded really well to films with a lot of heart to them, no matter the genre. Kevin's a hell of an independent filmmaker. He's basically created his own cinematic universe with different characters that are all kind of intertwined throughout his stories. You can study his filmography and try to pinpoint things that nod at other films. It's insane. Even something like small, like 0.1% that you see in this movie still somehow has something to do with a movie he made 10 years ago. And some of that stuff I didn't even know. I learned today on the episode. If I were to pick a filmmaker that made me pick up a camera or made me want to sit down in front of my dad's computer and start writing screenplays... I would probably say Kevin Smith. I mean, I, there's so many filmmakers I love out there. There's so many movies out there that I love. And there's just there's so much stuff to watch. But I go back to Kevin Smith a lot. Even if I don't go back to the movies, I always try to know what Kevin Smith is doing now or what he's saying, what his thoughts are. I, I would have to say I kind of like how he's more than just a filmmaker. He The guy's getting hired to interview Zack Snyder when they on a big thing that HBO Max did when they were dropping the Snyder cut you know the, the guy is just he's got his hands in so many things and like I, I think I just aspire to do something like that I'd have to say he's probably a filmmaker I look to a lot so let's talk some Kevin Smith movies today and I got a new special guest if you enjoyed the episode a couple months ago where I sat down with Anthony Darrington of Phaser Media, well, I got his business partner on the show as well. It's going to be fun. He's got a lot of cool Kevin Smith knowledge that not even I knew about. This was a great episode to record. Had a blast making it, and I'm happy to air it. Welcome to the Kevin Smith episode, and welcome to the basement. Okay, so I just want to backpedal a little bit to about a month-ish ago, depending on when this airs. Um, I had um, Anthony Darrington on the show and the creator, creator Phaser Media. But when we were prepping the show, he's like, I have a co-creator, by the way. Um, and I was like, huh, okay, I'd like to get you both on the show. But like, there was some conflicting schedules. So I just went with one and I thought maybe I'd be in touch with the other co-creator of phaser media and once that episode dropped me and him started talking a little bit and whatnot and i got him on the show today because now our schedules kind of line up because my schedule has definitely shifted a lot lately and uh here he is um aaron yara welcome to the basement my friend hey what's good thanks for having me thanks for thanks for coming on i see you're in your basement 
Um, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for a few weeks now, we have been talking about, I, I've been doing a lot of countdown shows and whatnot. And we just, I, I wanted to get you on the show. I wanted to, you know, maybe down the road, we'll do like a full on big phaser media kind of episode. Maybe, maybe down the road, we'll get both you guys on. Yeah, and, um, but like, we, I just want to do a countdown show and we were swapping ideas and you had some good ideas, but you landed on something for me. I was just like, I got, I got to do that. And if he's down to do it, <laughs> you and I are going to do three Kevin Smith films. Maybe I'll just call this three Kevin Smith films because it doesn't even need to be top three Kevin Smith films. I need been... a reason. <laughs> What's up? I said, we don't need a reason. We could just do it. No, man. <laughs> we, we really don't. I mean, um, but before I, we jump into that, I mean, this is the first time you and me are talking and meeting, basically. Um, talk about you and Phaser Media and kind of your end of the your end of the deal, I guess, or your end of what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've been making websites my whole life. Uh, I used to... I used to write code for my dad for allowance when I was little, like little things like that. My dad ran websites out of our house growing up. After I got out of grad school, I started a website called Effective Nerd, which was meant to help, you know, creators, mostly comic book creators, uh, podcasters, musicians, kind of help them grow their audience. And then that, I also started a pop culture site called Hype Crumbs, which was kind of just like a general pop culture a lot of listicles like you mentioned and uh i started working with anthony i met anthony and him and i kind of started like bartering with each other and then as that relationship kind of grew it kind of came to the point where him and i were because he was running ghoulish media and i was primarily doing his web design and uh his seo for him and he was doing a lot of graphic design and marketing things for me and we eventually realized that during COVID lockdown, we kind of realized that we were doing three times the amount of work when we should just be working together. So that's when we had the idea for Phaser to shut down all three of our websites and kind of combine them together. So that way we're not running three sets of social media, three sets of podcasts, you know, we realized every, every time we had to go do something for the week, we had to do it three times. And it was, it was a, lot of, a lot of work for two people. So we decided to cut down and kind of focus in everything onto one project. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I've been, he's been, Anthony's been on my radar probably since COVID lockdown. I said it on our episode. Um, yeah. But like, I was just plowing through podcasts of just like genre film stuff and, horror film stuff because i think my peak interest of horror was being locked inside my house well there's a well the world is collapsing whether you believe it was or not like <laughs> i don't know yep. but um I did that with the newborn it was real fun oh wow <laughs> like my wife and i like want like you know i don't i'm not gonna go too far into detail but you know we were we wanted to have a child but i was just like during all that i was like you want a child right now? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but no, like you guys definitely have crafted like a hell of a website. Like I've kept tabs on it. The launch was, I think, January 1st this year. And, you know, obviously I wanted to get Anthony on it. But once I heard there was other people involved, I was like, huh, like they make a lot of good kind of top 10, top 15. I mean, shit, you did like a top 30 horror action thing recently. Oh, yeah, which that I was, was kind of cool. 
Yeah, uh, that those list articles are really to help bring in ju- just kind of like a behind the scenes business thing. They're kind of to help bring in new people. The majority of our website is actually interviews and editorials, and that's yeah. kind of what our what our core audience reads. And the listicles, since they're so like you know clickable and easy to skim and easy to read. Uh, we use those to show up in search engine results, and then that's how yeah. we bring new people into the website. That's those are really good. I mean, really good bait, I guess. Because I mean, how many times have I've been just like scrolling on my phone through Facebook or something? It's like top twelve people who didn't get along on a show, and I'm like, honestly, <laughs> I don't fucking care. But like, yeah. but I was just kind of like, yeah, I want to, and it's like two people from like. I think it was like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Or I was like, wait, they're married. Wait, what the <laughs> it's three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, huh, wait a minute. I got to get to the bottom of this. So yeah, you're right. Like lists kind of bring in people to the sites. Definitely what brought me to the site. I mean, anytime I do like a list show, even though this is just three films we're doing each year. Um, I think people kind of like that show too. So <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe this will uh, boost my downloads a little bit or something. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a great website. You guys should check it out. I mean, I'll I'll leave a I'll leave another link to it in the show notes if you guys haven't followed it or checked it out. It's it's a cool it's a cool concept you guys got going on over there. Um, but today's episode of the basement, um, I wanted to do a little sampler of Kevin Smith films because you mentioned you're you're a Kevin Smith guy. Uh, Kevin yep. Smith is one of the filmmakers that got me into making films. I literally made, oh. <laughs> yeah, like straight up. Like awesome. I, I, we'll start with like let's just start with our origin stories here, real quick. I'll say mine in a minute. Why don't you're my guest? We should just kind of start with you. Oh yeah, sure. So. The first time I ever had any, well, all right. So technically the first time I ever had any interaction with Kevin Smith was when I, I went and saw Scream 3 in theaters when I was like maybe nine years old and they had the cameo in that movie, yeah. but I knew nothing about Kevin Smith at the time. So I just thought it was like a little silly joke that they had put in the Scream. And then the next year when Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back came out, I also went to the theater and saw that. So I was like probably about 10 years old at the time. And when I got home, my my dad took me. And then when I got home, my stepdad, well, first off, he was like, you're 10 years old. Why are you watching movies like that? But <laughs> uh, but then the next thing that was kind of funny was uh, he was like, you probably didn't understand any of the jokes in that movie because, you know, Jay and Sablov Strike Back is kind of a throwback to the original trilogy of movies. And he sat me down on my bed, almost like he was giving me like the birds and the bees talk, just like very serious, just looking at me. And he was just like, all right. So there's a creator named Kevin Smith. He made a trilogy of movies that are kind of like, <laughs> kind of like grown up John Hughes movies. And yeah, that's he, a good like, way of putting it. Yeah, they're very yeah. like these. They're people in their twenties, coming of age kind of thing. But it's a lot of raunchy humor though, but with a heart to it. Yeah, he kind of because he was very inspired by John Hughes. Yeah, uh, if you've read Chasing Dogma, the graphic novel, it's kind of all about that. Then, I've uh, heard of it. Yeah, I, I haven't gone that far in Kevin Smith lore, yeah. but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a it's a graphic novel that bridges like the lore gap between Chasing Amy and Dogma, and it's Jay and Silent Bob try to find they they're, they're watching all the John Hughes movies and they realize that there's no weed dealer in any of the movies, so they try to find you know the town that all the movies are based off of so they could corner the marijuana market. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right, I'll get on that. I can't believe yeah. I haven't touched that yet. But no, that's yeah. that's cool. So it's, I kind of yeah, I kind of got the Kevin Smith lore sex talk style from my stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> that's your sex talk. Yeah. Well, at least you got one. <laughs> like, All right. So when they go to the when they go to the funeral and clerks, you know. Joey Lauren Adams mentions that funeral and chasing Amy and like, <laughs> like told me all the little like crossovers and stuff. Oh, like that. Oh yeah, dude. All right. No. Okay. That's cool, man. You probably can really get a lot deeper than I am. I, I don't want to say like, I'm <laughs> like, all right, well, let me go into my origin story here. Sure. I feel like <laughs> I've been chasing Kevin Smith for like most of my indie film career or something. Like we've had like slight, interactions where like i've tweeted him and he will reply back to me oh yeah and i did a crowdfunding campaign for a film that has yet to be made um it's like four or five years ago and i tweeted it to him just out of like you know i was like hey man uh you know big fan of your work you know one of your biggest inspiration i wasn't trying to fanboy to him but i was just like you know you've been a big inspiration to me blah 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 and he liked the tweet and then i want to say it like two in the morning, I get a notification on my phone that there was like a $50 donation from anonymous to the oh. campaign. <laughs> and like Kevin Smith has said, like in his standup routines, like, you know, this dude's up at like three in the morning, smoking weed, scrolling through the internet. Like that's the only yeah. time he's got to do that. <laughs> and that just like went in my head. I was just like, did Kevin Smith just anonymously fucking donate to this movie? <laughs> and I, I still don't know to this day. I still don't know to this day, but like, I want to personally believe that that's that Kevin Smith was like, all right, let me check this Tyler kids thing out. And it doesn't look that great, but fuck it. Here's 50 bucks. man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like him. <laughs> and so like, I couldn't even like, I couldn't even, I didn't get an, I didn't get an email or anything, nothing where I could like send an email back saying like, Hey, thank you for the donation. Who the fuck are you? Are you Kevin Smith? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been just, really kind of you know there's like a pool of filmmakers i kind of flock to and i mean they're all kind of very different genre of creators and whatnot and kevin smith is in there because he you know like like we we're just saying with you know john hughes films and he makes these these little coming of age stories and now he's branched out and he's like done like full-on superhero shit like oh direct- yeah that he like revolutionized podcasting yeah because he was one of the early adopters of it that got really popular and he, yeah he grew a full-fledged podcast network at one point i mean most of those shows have died off but that was a really crazy era where like the top 10 podcasts were all him yeah yeah he is the guy just keep go he keeps going and going and going i mean we almost lost him a few years ago he had a heart attack yep. and like but the widow maker heart attack yeah he had a really close call and he's definitely you know lost a lot of weight you know that kind of that kind of image that we've known of kevin smith probably of like 20 years earlier is gone because now he's got to put his health in check and whatnot and i mean he's hiking out in la by the uh by the Hollywood sign, like on a daily basis, according to his Instagram. Um, but I think he said like at his worst point, it, it almost sounded like a, like a drug addict. Like he said, he had to take, he, he had to eat like two handfuls of jelly beans to get out of bed in the morning, like stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's no good. That's no bueno, man. Um, but yeah, he's just been a, all of his films. I genuinely love uh, up and down from, 
clerks to when he show running the he-man show on netflix like those are <laughs> yep. like, i don't think there's anything i'm honestly dude like you know i mean if you want to cringe when i say this fine that, that's fine but like i've watched jersey girl before a few oh yeah times. it's not a great movie but i don't think it's that bad like, i don't think I, I i think i saw that once like a long time ago but i have no recollection of anything that happens that i movie. mean it got overshadowed with the ben affleck jennifer lopez first go around they had in the early 2000s and yep. but at the end of the movie you know he puts up a little post-credit thing for his dad and he made that movie for his dad basically which yeah. i thought was really cool and you know speak from one of his parents to the other one uh i'm down in florida and his mom lives in my town he, oh cool yeah we, uh, I think about four years ago, we went to, um, he played the hard rock at Universal, um, the Hollywood Babylon thing that he did. And <laughs> I used yes. to love that show. Yeah. 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 Like my wife went with me. Like she had no, like she knew of Kevin Smith, but she's like, I, I don't listen to this shit, but like she wanted to go. And so we went and, you know, he, he said like on stage, he's like, I come down to this area at least six times a year because my mom lives in the Orlando area. And, I started connecting the. I'm going to sound like a fucking stalker, man. But like <laughs> I started connecting the dots and like about a year later, like a supermarket in my town pretty much uh, put up on their Facebook page, like a selfie with Kevin Smith. And I was like, oh, Kevin <laughs> Smith, awesome. like here and fast forward to maybe two more years later. And I said this on the episode with Anthony. I'll say it real quick. I'm pumping gas at a Wawa. And uh, I don't know if they have Wawa's near where you are. But, um, no, I've been I've been to I, I, I go to Florida fairly regularly because I've uh, most of my family's down there. Yeah. Yeah. There's none near me in New York. Um, but I, I'm there pumping gas and like I, I just like see this big suburban in the front parking lot space. And like this girl just dressed like she's from Hollywood, like just doesn't fit into this town. The town's Claremont, Florida. It's like 30 minutes from Orlando up the highway. And um, she's just there texting and whatnot. And just like, just, she just stood out. And then out of nowhere, Kevin Smith walks out of the store. And I was like, <laughs> and it wasn't okay. just, okay. it wasn't like, a, oh my God. I was just like in a trance. I was like, that's, that's fucking Kevin Smith right there. <laughs> that, that is Kevin Smith right there. And he gets in the Suburban drives off. And I was like, motherfucker that was kevin (laughs) smith and my wife walks out and she's like guess who held the door for me (laughs) (laughs) and i was like you fucking talked to kevin smith and i didn't (laughs) and she's like i wanted to say you need to go meet my husband but i didn't know how it would go and i was like he's super cool in person maybe he would have said no but still he would have been cool about it if even if he couldn't Fast forward ahead now, even to recently, he just like put up a tweet or something of like a roofing company in this town that like has completely screwed his mom out of money or something or like, oh, damn, they did a bad job at her house. And like, um, and then people are like tweeting to him, like, how dare you like attack a local business when you have millions and millions of dollars and you put your mom in a a mo or a a trailer like she lives in like a fancy like florida kind of mobile home thing oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just like yo my fucking mom wanted to live in a mobile home all right like i offered <laughs> to give her a nice house that's what she wanted she likes minimal things fuck you um 
I don't really know if that's my Kevin Smith origin story, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say my introduction to him was a lot of his earlier films that I saw maybe 10 years after the fact, which I'll get into in you know, just a minute here. But um, he's, I made a film almost 10 years ago that literally I saw one of his newer films at the time. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to tell a comedy like that has some bathroom humor to it, but there's like a really heartfelt message to it. And I feel like out of a lot of filmmakers, he does that the best. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. So let's that's there's our there's our kickoff to the show. I mean, I told you give me three. I don't know what your three are. You don't know what my three are. Um, I'll say right now, clerks is not on my list. Oh, interesting. Um, I love clerks. That's that's not like I said, I love all his films, but like yeah, you know, I, I just like I love clerks. I studied clerks, I love the origin to clerks of oh, yeah. I mean, making out. it all on credit cards. Yeah, like just it's just genius independent filmmaking that if it didn't work, he would have probably still be in debt to this day. Yeah. <laughs> with how New Jersey is with living, you know, it's really expensive <laughs> there. But um, I don't know. Like that's just let's let's dive in. You're my you're my guest. So I'm gonna give you the floor. Uh first of three. First of three. I'm gonna go with uh my favorite has always been mall rats. I've never met a person who lives in as much fear of his mother as you do. You want I should tell my mother what we do in here at night? What, that you play video games and I fall asleep unfulfilled? Oh, she calls you callow in here. You say that like it's bad. Well, it means frightened and weak-willed. That was the only part of the letter I thought was complimentary. This is Brody's private hell. Where the hell did that come from? What's going on here? And these... Brody man, nature noches ...are his friends. You stick it like this. There, now you shake hands with the guy. You know how long it takes for that smell to come off? If you stare at these things long enough, you're supposed to see some kind of hidden three-dimensional picture. Oh, yeah, look, it's a sailboat. You saw it too, damn it! We, uh, we slept together one time, remember, in high school, that, that ski trip? That was you? This looks like your mom. Bye-bye, Easter Bunny. There is no Easter Bunny! You know about this game show thing they got going on here? Well, we need you guys to somehow ensure that it doesn't happen. actually was a mall rat in high school i went I, I would go to the mall every friday night 
uh, I wasn't like the first, I wasn't in like the first generation to go. Like when I started going, there was already maybe like eight to 10 people that were doing it. But by the time high school was over, the mall had to put special rules in place because there were hundreds of us that would all go to the, to the mall every Friday. And it was basically like all five school districts around the mall. That's where all the punk and the metalheads and the goth kids, that's, that's where they all went Friday night. And uh, yeah, I got to a point where it was like, you can only sit in the food court if you're eating something. You know, if, it, if a security guard sees you in the mall for more than an hour, they can ask you for a receipt or kick you out to, just to prove that we were actually eating and drinking and, you know, uh, buying, <laughs> <laughs> buying stuff without uh, just, just hanging out. <laughs> but so that, that's a movie I've always been really, uh, you know, I, I always found it to be really relatable because I went through a lot of that stuff. And also going back to what we were talking about with, you know, kind of like the John Hughes influence is in the original three movies, the it kind of deals with a different type of relationship that you go through as you're coming of age. And Mallrats is kind of like the how to deal with breakups movie. Because yeah. you think like it, it's almost like the original trilogy of movies takes one of those like high school teen movie tropes and kind of flips it on its head for 20 somethings. And I feel like Mallrats is like the how to deal with breakups movie. And uh, I've always liked that part of it as well. Nice, dude. Like when was like the first time, because Mallrats is on my list and I'm just going to touch on this too, but I thought I'll ask you right now. When's the first time you like ever saw Mallrats? Uh, I was, all right. So I saw, I saw Jane Saw Bob Strike back when I was like 10. And then I immediately went to like LimeWire or Casa and you know, gave my computer a lot of viruses to, da- <laughs> to download Clerks. And that's how I watched Clerks. And then the, fir- the first time I saw Mallrats was actually, I, uh, I was at school, but USA was showing like the edited for TV version during the yeah. day. And I uh, set up the VCR to record it on a VHS tape. And I watched it when I got home from school. I was probably maybe like 14 or 13. Okay. No, that yeah, I remember those Saturday afternoons, like uh, just shit. Like USA ran a lot of Kevin Smith movies. I feel they, they yeah, there was the era of that. <laughs> U- USA was a good go-to cable channel on a Saturday and Sunday when there was just something you missed in theaters like five years prior, and <laughs> yep. there was off topic. But I remember there was like it was. I want to say maybe it was True Lies was coming out in the early nineties which is really kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger's last big movie. I felt after his run, I know we're talking Kevin Smith. I'll get to that in a minute, (laughs) but like, I just remember USA network did like a, I think it was called the evolution of Arnold. And it like started with Conan the barbarian (laughs) and went to like fucking red heat or something. That's great. But yeah, man, like what's back to mall rats real quick. What's uh, I don't know. Like there's so many interesting um there's so many interesting scenes in that movie um what's like your favorite scene out of the film so the one the one that always comes to mind is when even though it's really a nothing scene but when jane silent bob are outside of the pet store like playing with the kitties through the window and then brody and ts walk up and they like say hi to each other and they do all these like weird little nerdy things like like Jay pretends to be Wolverine and they make all these different references. And I, I, I always like that because that, that always reminded me of how I would say hi to people when I ran into them in the mall. 
and everyone had their own little like mannerisms and little jo- you know inside jokes we would make with each other and stuff so even though that even though that scene has nothing nothing to do with the plot of the movie but <laughs> that's one that always pops in my mind yeah no that's like a that's like a notorious kevin smith trope he will just insert like a bridge scene between the something in the plot and i think jay and silent bob outside of their own films were like useful for that they, they just yeah let's just cut to them outside see what they're doing <laughs> um all right anything else you want to say about mall rats i don't know <laughs> uh i mean had a great cast like michael uh michael rooker oh a, yeah a, a great dude. antagonist for that movie <laughs> yeah. that yeah because the the two antagonists for each of the breakups that the characters were having were ben affleck and michael rooker as the mm-hmm. two villains and that is pretty cool how like you know ts and brody each have their own storyline with their own plot beats and even though they come together at the end they had their own antagonists they had it was almost like watching two simultaneous movies mm-hmm. yeah no it's um such a great flick we'll talk about it in a little bit again i'll give you my side of things um so up first for me is not one of the like original new jersey trilogy films um because it was like a film that made me reoccurring theme on the show as we saw you know filmmakers we see stuff we go i want to do that and this was a film that i think has come and gone like not a lot of people talk about it in the kevin smith bundle of films but i still think it's really good um zach and mary make a porno <laughs> yep. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, what brings you here? I'm an actor. Wow. Anything I've seen? Oh, all sorts of movies with all male casts. I apologize if I am out of line here, but are you in gay porn? Guilty as charged. Is there softcore gay porn? Like just hugging and kissing and, you know, telling each other how cool the other guy is? You're a rad dude. Thanks, you too. Let's play some ball. <gasps> You don't have the rent? It's your month. Why are you always bending over backwards for that girl, knowing she ain't giving up no love? We got a good thing going, man. Why complicate that with sex? What the? What happened to the water? They shut it off. Help me get this out of my hair. Just use the water out of the toilet. There's poo in there. The back part of the toilet. I don't think we're going to keep a roof over our heads. (sighs) These are the exact circumstances people find themselves in right before they start having sex for money. What? You got an idea? We could make a porno. Not the idea I was looking for. It's all mainstream now. I don't really see myself being in one, you know? Look at Paris Hilton. She's selling fragrances to tweens, and I'm pretty sure she's legally retarded. The ones I liked when I was a kid, it was always a spoof of a popular movie. I I got got it! Star Horse. What? Han Solo ain't never had no sex with Princess Leia in the Star Wars. I'm just be honest, my first time. I'm not going to touch you. Nothing like that. I have a wife. We're happy. I mean, not happy, but it's cool. It's my job as the producer to see what you got. That makes you uncomfortable. I love the movies. Sugar. Do you have a talent? It's a little something I picked up during bachelor parties. Her name bubbles. You are my candy girl. We're doing it. What's happening? Wait, are we doing it? You've never thought about the repercussions of sleeping with a chick you've known your whole life? What are you, slow? Yeah, but if we're getting rich, you just explain to your private beforehand. Look, this doesn't mean anything. Do you talk to your... Yeah. I just can't believe... Hi. Hi. I'm a delivery man. 
And I have some cream for you. This is the worst porno I've ever seen. So uh, released in 2008, I think I saw this on a date that just went south. I, I, I don't remember. I don't even remember who it was with. That's why I probably that anyway. But um, it's uh, I saw this kind of I think like week after it got released. Uh, I'm so happy to have seen uh, Kevin Smith and Seth Rogen work together. I just I feel like yeah. that's a good like acting directing duo. Um, I, I just, I feel like Seth Rogen fits really well into that world, but it's the only time he, I think it's the only time he pops up in a Kevin Smith film general plot. Obviously for anybody who doesn't know, Zach and Mary make a porno is about two best friends, Zach and Mary, who I think they, I think it takes place in uh, Pittsburgh. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. And it's like dead of winter. Like it looks just it, like, this must've been a miserable fucking shoot. Like, <laughs> It looks so <laughs> snowy, so dreary out, so cold. Um, but it's, it's pretty much about these two friends, a man and a woman, who are so piss poor broke. They have no goddamn money. They're like getting evicted. Um, they're, they're, their water shuts off at one point. Well, Elizabeth Banks, who plays Mary, is like in the shower. And um, they need to think of a way to make some cash. And Seth Rogen's character, Zach, just gets the brilliant idea of opening an adult film studio and making a film or making a porno. And um, so let's and then and then hilarity ensues. Uh, but this also <laughs> yep. turns into because, you know, again, Kevin Smith likes to just give you, you know, a special little love story throughout this uh, throughout this movie. And um uh, it it turns into a will they or won't they kind of film between Zach and Mary. Like, are they going to get together? Are they not? And one of the most funniest but really well-crafted scenes is when Zach and Mary, who are in the porno that they're making together, have to have sex on screen. Yep. And so they, they, do, the, they do the scene, and, but the way Kevin Smith shoots it, is like it's this intimate like you know love making beautiful scene of two people coming together and you know in actuality then it cuts back to everybody watching it like behind the scenes and they're like they're fucking bored out of their minds yeah. <laughs> they're like this sucks like this is not this is like the worst scene in the movie and meanwhile it just cuts back and forth between the two of that and it's back on Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks and it's like this beautiful like sex scene and they're just like connecting on a deeper level and then it cuts back to them and they're just like texting and shit yeah <laughs> so um it's just it's it's just it's a really great story uh i gosh i, I don't know what First, yeah, first time I saw it was on a date. I'm trying to remember everything I asked you, but like that—that's one of my favorite scenes. I think the characters, despite it not being like you know Jay and Silent Bob, and you know you don't got Ben Affleck and whatnot in there, um, he's kind of working with like a different batch of people in this. I Yo. still think there's a lot of characters. I believe they hired, I think, like two actual adult film stars to be in the movie. I'm not sure about that. Um, who's the character? The the guy the the producer, the guy who owns the coffee shop, Craig Robinson. Yeah. Craig Robinson is in there as like the producer of the, um, the producer of the porno. And I think he ends up becoming the producer because like 
he gets a thousand dollars and he's going to buy his wife something new. And Seth Rogen pleads with him like, no, no, dude, this is a perfect fucking idea. Just invest, invest in our project. And like through these kind of maybe not, maybe it's not, but maybe it is believable. Maybe it's not, but like through these circumstances, they get to go make this porno film and they do it in a coffee shop and it's in the coffee shop that they work. And, and look, uh, someone, I was in film school at the time. I, I have no aspirations to go into the adult film industry. <laughs> Let me just kick that off. But um, I just like kind of loved how Seth Rogen is just like takes what he knows and tries to go make some art out of it, whether it's a porno or not. Like he's just sitting in this coffee shop and it's like, what's the porno going to be about? And it's just like, I've never seen a porno about people working in a coffee shop let's just fucking do that. And like, <laughs> as a film student, like they teach, they teach you that shit, like, you know, work with what you have. And like, it's, yeah, it's an adult film, but I, I just, I kind of, I thought that was Kevin Smith kind of also working on like how he learned to make movies and whatnot. And cause I like movies about making movies too. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's funny. Like Jason Muse there does like a full frontal at the very end. <laughs> it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool part where like, it's when, not i mean it's not really giving anything away too much but you know at the end when there's the whole typical you know the 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 boy or the guy runs to the girl to tell confess his love and everything and whatnot and then you hear the toilet flush and out he walks with just like full frontal nudity like with his prick (laughs) dangling and it's just and then like you think like oh no she's sleeping with him now is that's what's happening he's like no nah, man like i got kicked out of my house or something i need a place to crash and mary <laughs> yeah. was lonely without you here because she loves you man <laughs> it's just it was, a, it was a beautiful film i'm rambling too much i don't know if you have anything to say about the film but oh yeah the uh just a lot of the points you said i i think you hit on a lot of the points i was going to make uh it's a great like seth rogan kevin smith kind of hybrid movie yeah which yeah they uh they they have very similar styles to the way they make it i mean i guess with the raunchy humor at least but i thought i thought that was a really good pairing uh the sex scene yeah it's like the because a lot of like like we've been talking about the whole time right the whole kind of teen movie tropes Mm -hmm. that it that kind of find their way into these movies where that's kind of like the we realize we're in love each other in, in love with each other part of the story, but kind of done in this really crazy way of panning back and forth between the, the cast and crew and then Zach and Miri. Uh, I also believe uh, just me being very like lore oriented. It's just something about me. I like, uh, like I'm really into like five nights at Freddy's and ARGs and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Um, but I believe Zach and Miri is technically canon to the rest of the series because I believe you. I think it's I want to say I, I don't remember Zach and Miri that well. The uh, but I think I want to say it's Justin Long's character appears in Jay and Silent Bob reboot, maybe. But yeah, yeah so actually... the guy who yeah, that's how it that's how it kind of kicks off Seth Rogen's idea because like isn't he he's a he's like a he's a porn star. I think oh, so, yeah. Yeah, or he's yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So that, it's canon to the whole series. And then yeah, the the quote I probably quote the most from that movie is the like, can I have a coffee, black? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is it gotta be Black Friday or something? Like <laughs> so can't you see can't you see we're having a conversation? 
White. White, yeah. <laughs> I love Craig Robinson. It, like, like the he was great in that movie, but I like him in basically anything he's in. Yeah, he's yeah. No, he's he brings a lot to the table. He's he was really good in it. He's a good supporting character. Um, yeah, man, that's Zach and Mary make a porno. I it's a I think I got it on. I I think I got it somewhere behind me in this stack of DVDs somewhere. Um, I've only seen it like once or twice, and I think I just like watched it. It wasn't anything. I it was just like it was on, or I saw it on Netflix or something. Yeah, it's. I don't. I feel like it just doesn't get you know, uh, you know, as much love. But like you know, it, it does still feel like a very much a Kevin Smith film. You know, this is a couple years after Clerks Two came out, and I think those yeah. are those are kind of like if you're into a Kevin Smith rom-com double feature clerks Two has a great kind of love story in it. Also, yep. like, you know, with um, Rosario Dawson's character and like kind of what's going on there. And it's, it's just a, I don't know. It's, it's a fun movie and it's just always kind of hung around with me. I go back to it just for nostalgia of me in film school, basically. Yep. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's my number my number three or my number one however we're doing this but uh you have the floor now okay uh next one i want to talk about is uh chasing amy he's got a long face horace he's having a little girl trouble pressing charges i get that a lot holden mcneil was setting his ways the way he worked the way he lived and the way he thought love should be. But then she showed up. Let me guess. You like her. This girl loves me. There's something you should know. She got a boyfriend. Well, no. Then what's to know, my friend? And this girl's got a secret that's going to drive him crazy. I like you, Hogan. I'd really like us to be friends. What I tell you, she just needs the right guy. What's up? If you come pick me up, I'll be your best friend. Now, the only thing standing in Holden's way is the truth. I can't take this. Can't take what? I love you. Not in a friendly way. That was your pseudo date. Okay, I'm telling you, she's never even been with a guy. You're dating a guy? So what if it is true? You know you have no shot at getting her into bed. I take it that's not good. Miramax Films presents a comedy that tells it like it feels. She's been around and seen things we've only read about in books. So what'd you do last night? Got lucky. Chasing Amy. Yes. Not on my list, but all right. Not on your list. All right. So uh, Chasing Amy, uh, I don't don't remember what year it came out, but uh, it's about two comic book writers or or they make they make a comic book together. One's one is the uh, artist and one is the anchor or the tracer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, uh, Ben, it's Ben Affleck and Jason Lee. And then uh, Ben Affleck falls in love with Joey Lauren Adams, who. Uh, is dating a woman at the time and it brings up all these ideas of uh you know who the the type of person that you decide to love uh whether or not you know what their gender is and all that goes into gen you know the gender of romance and 
yeah, it's just kind of like it. I feel like Chase Amy plays plays more like a rom com than the rest of the movies, even though there is some dirty humor in it. Uh, what I what I really love about the movie is it kind of the I, I feel like this is Kevin Smith's like I was raised Catholic and I was the chubby nerdy guy in high yeah. school movie where a lot of a lot of the conflict in the movie is based around Ben Affleck's character feeling like sexually inadequate uh compared to Joey Lauren Adams you know who's dated men and women who's had threesomes and just kind of having that that like Catholic repression on top of not having the most adventurous love life as a teenager and kind of the feelings that come up with that it's kind of hard to explain how you love this movie without feeling like an insult a little bit but <laughs> no you're doing fine man <laughs> that's uh <laughs> but that's kind of like the theme that's always clung to me you know in those movies uh silent bob always comes in and just kind of blatantly tells you what the movie's about and he gives the whole chasing amy speech that the movie's named after at the end of the movie and it's the same he he literally just tells the entire plot of the movie just with different characters in his story but <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah, chasing Amy is my number two. When the, do you remember like the first time you saw it? That I want to say I saw I saw chasing Amy in between seeing Clerks and Mallrats. So I think I saw I think I think I saw Clerks then chasing Amy then Mallrats, and uh, I had chasing Amy on VHS. Uh, I got it at like Fye I think, <laughs> and the. Uh, yeah, they, it's a movie that I didn't like what, when I was obviously like 11, 12 years old watching it. I was like, oh, this isn't as dirty as Clerks, you know, but uh, it, yeah. it's, it's a movie that I've grown to appreciate more as an adult. So I've that's I've I've definitely seen it maybe two or three times. And I think I first time I ever went into it, I was thinking it is going to be kind of like a, a Clerks or a mall rats kind of thing. But I don't know if you want to disagree with me, fine. But like, I feel like there was more dramatic, like out of any of it, there was just a little bit more of a, a punch to the, I, I don't know, like to the, to the, to the soul of me. I don't know. Like, I just remember yeah. feeling like this was a little more, it's obviously funny still. There's obviously funny moments, but they're, they're just, the fact that he can never really be with this woman and just how fucking miserable it makes him. And yeah, like I, I never thought of the Kevin Smith being Catholic and all putting in all that repression and re religious guilt and whatnot into this. I it never crossed my mind. So that is interesting. You bring that up, but like, it's almost like he's, he maybe was just like working out a lot of issues inside of him. And that I feel like that's yeah, why the, the movie just feels a little sadder at times. I don't know. Definitely, it, It's kind of his sad film, even though there's, um, funny moments in it but yeah like i think that, that just it it sticks out to me it's i i like like i love it but it's maybe maybe it's just not on my list because it's i don't know i feel like i i like that i like how there's humor i like the kevin smith humor but um it just sticks out to me it's just so sad sometimes <laughs> but um <laughs> is. yeah all right so that's yours uh chasing amy <laughs> my one my second one also stands out because it was Kevin Smith's attempt. And I've only seen this a couple times, 
and it is behind me somewhere on this Blu-ray. I did a blind buy for it on Blu-ray because I just heard the polarizing critiques of it and whatnot. And when, when a film is like really split down the middle, they fucking hate it. They fucking love it. <laughs> yep. I have to buy it. I don't care. If, and I missed it in theaters. It completely bombed in the theaters. And this is 2014's Tusk. Sober what you do drunk. I'm gonna teach you to keep your mouth shut. Hemingway said that. Yes, he did. And he said it to me. I don't want you to go to Canada tomorrow. It's for the podcast. It's what I do. I travel around and I interview weird or interesting people. So look out, you crazy Canucks. Wandering <laughs> Wallace takes a raunchy road trip up to the Great White North. Hello. I'm an old man who has enjoyed a long and storied life at sea. And after eons of oceanic adventure, I know I do not wish to spend my remaining years alone while I have such stories to share. How far is Bifrost from here? It's about two hours from here. It's about two hours away. I hate American guys. Good evening. It's nice to meet you. Could I interest you in some tea? So what happened after the boat sank? I was alone. And then something very swift and frightening moved by me. A walrus saves your life? The walrus is far more evolved than any man I've heard of. Present company included. Thank you. You're welcome. Would you? There, there. It'll be all right, Mr. Tuff. He hasn't called me in three days. I'm worried. I don't understand. Who in the hell would want to be human? Kevin Smith's attempt at doing a horror film. And yeah. so this, uh, I guess my best way of describing this, because um, it actually has been a while since I've seen it, but um, I fucking loved it. <laughs> Let me just say, <laughs> it's obviously on this list. I'm not one of the haters of it. I did. Have you seen it? Do you, do you like it or? Oh yeah. I love it as well. Okay, cool. We can kind of rift here a little bit. Um, <laughs> it just, uh, it, it, on the last episode with uh, Anthony Darrington, um, who I touched, I touched no, on something. <laughs> what I said, who? Oh, <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? Um, no, he. Um, uh, I touched. We touched on this a little bit because we were talking horror films, and I, I was just like, Tusk. Have you seen Tusk? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, Tusk, man, Tusk is. 
So Tusk is not your average horror film. I think when it came out and people thought Kevin Smith was doing a horror film, there was going to be some Kevin Smith lore and you know, the lore better. I don't know. Was there any Kevin Smith lore in it? Like I, uh, not, I'm sure there is, but I'm nothing sure like that comes out 1% of something that could link it yeah, all there's together. Like, like a background reference or something. Yeah. So, um, this is a, I was starting to kind of expand my horror film watching at the time. I was sick and tired of watching the killer with the bloody knife. I was sick and tired of ghosts and the saw franchise. <laughs> and, uh, so I, this comes out and it's pretty much about a podcaster who goes into Canada and he's looking to interview this, um, this old guy, um, played by Michael Parks. And uh, the, the, the podcast was played by Justin Long. This also has Haley Joel Osment in it, which was cool. I like, I like how he popped up and he is just not the little boy from the sixth sense anymore. Yep. <laughs> I love how he has shed that image completely and does these kind of weird offbeat indies um, that he pops up. I like up them in, in uh, Silicon Valley. Oh my God. Yeah, dude. He was great in that. He was really great in that. Uh, but pretty much this uh, Justin Long's character pretty much gets wrangled up and um, pretty much kidnapped by this just cranky old guy. He's not cranky, um, but uh, this, this old guy from like old guy, Michael Parks's character. And so there's this backstory about um, it's like a dark secret involving a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not I'm gonna leave kind of just for anybody who hasn't seen it because I know there's people out there who just never gave this a chance or watched it and hated it. I'm gonna leave some holes in my description of the plot here just because I want people to go out and see it and give it or give it another chance. Um, but he turns Justin Long into a fucking walrus, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the whole time, the whole fucking time I'm watching this. I have this optimistic attitude of Justin Long is going to find his way out, man. He's yep. going to find his way back to like out of the world. And like, there's all these beats in the third act where like they could rescue him. Maybe. Nope. Doesn't happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking stays a walrus and that's it. That's it. That's all there is to it. And like, it's kind of silly. Sounds kind of funny as I'm describing it, but it has comedic um, moments, not as many, but yeah, like it has like it, it's mostly like campy horror moments. Which yeah, it does have its campy moments, but I remember walking away from it like it just stuck with me, man. Like yeah, that like there was something just dreadful and absolutely that just rubbed me the wrong way with um, how he traps Justin Long's character into all this, and he just cannot fucking get out. He cannot escape his grasp. And what he's going to do to him. And it sounds absolutely just terrifying. Like, this just sounds like one of the worst things you could do to any person. Turn him into a walrus. Um, Yo. What's your take on it? Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it definitely, the ending gives me that really, like, pit of your stomach dreadful feeling. The, uh, uh, almost like the, uh, the woman on the news broadcast and Terrifier. How she like survived, but her face is all messed up. Yeah, kinda, that was kind of like that. Like it's cha- like like your body has changed forever, mm-hmm. and I, that's kind of how I feel with a lot of body horror. Um, I'm a huge body horror fan. Like I mentioned before, I like uh, Five Nights at Freddy's a lot. That has a lot of horror uh, body horror. Uh, I'm huge in The Binding of Isaac. 
the video game and that that has a lot of body horror in it as well oh uh do you know the origin story of tusk i do not no i do not so if i remember correctly i'm probably gonna get some of the details wrong but it started off as an episode of like hollywood babylon or smodcast it was one of those two where they found an actual i i think it ended up being a prank but Mm -hmm. they thought it was real at the time it was uh like a craigslist ad for a guy who he said you know i i had like a walrus that i was friends with when i was in the navy and i miss him and it and it was an old guy being like i'll pay you you know like six figures a year but you have to live with me and you have to spend eight hours a day in this walrus costume and they kind of discussed like is that a good deal to 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 be a pet walrus as your full-time job kind of thing wow and uh and then that kind of spiraled the idea into the into the tusk movie and then what will if he ever makes the third one will eventually be a trilogy of kevin smith horror movies yeah what do you do you actually consider tusk to be kevin smith's first horror movie because what about uh red state red state Uh, so i gotta i gotta give red state another watch because i think i put that on and be i don't know i just don't I definitely have heard a lot of people love it. I definitely remember John Goodman being really good. John Goodman. Michael Parks is good as well. Yeah, yeah. In both that and Tusk. Um, I have to give it a rewatch. It's probably really at the end of my kind of love for his filmography because I've seen it once and I feel like it just went over my head. I don't know if I was looking at my phone too much because I had a friend let me borrow the DVD, but I've I definitely heard it is a lot of fun and has a lot to say. So I don't know. I, I guess like, what would you think? I don't know. I like, I mean, I like red state. Uh, I like red state a lot as well. Uh, but I mean, it, that's another one where it's like very heavy drama and not necessarily yeah. horror. It kind of opens like a horror movie. Yeah. Cause it has the like opening kill and all that, like a slasher movie would, but the rest of it is just a lot of, you know, it's just like a standoff between the cops and the cult kind of thing. Yeah, but it was a cool movie. <laughs> no, because I, I like uh, I like movies about cults, I like documentaries. about. Yeah. I'm like, I don't ever want to fucking join a cult. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm like, when, like anytime I've met someone who is involved with something, whatever that may be. And it just reeks like, a, I mean, each, in Florida, dude, you meet fucking people here, man, that <laughs> they just say stuff to you about this, this thing they're involved in. I'm not going to say what well, there's, there's broad things. And I, I just go like, Oh my God, he's in a fucking cult. <laughs> but like, I'm intrigued by it. Like I'm always intrigued by yeah. it. So like, that's why I don't know. I, why I, get... I like the uh, Ari Aster movies a lot for that reason. Cause he always yeah. has some sort of cult element. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I didn't know this, but uh, just doing some research, but Tusk was distributed by A24, which, you know, A24 is killing it. Speaking of Ari Aster. Yeah, like A24 (laughs) is killing it with like kind of art house genre films. Like, yeah, they've been my favorite. Yeah, they're 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 killing it. Um, Last thing I'll say about Tusk is not actually about Tusk, but it's like a situation. I kind of like you could tie Red State into this, too, but um, I kind of uh, like once I was in the clear and away from this situation, Tusk was like the first movie I thought about. Um, so I had a job down here in, in Florida for like a little while. I don't do it anymore, but I, I used to be an independent contractor. I'd go to, um, I'd go to people's houses and I'd like do home assemblies of like workout equipment, fucking oh, cool. 
Like, no. Well, I mean, it was cool. <laughs> it, it was all right for a while. Like I'd meet people and like kind of people would just talk to me. I just have that personality sometimes where eventually I'll get you to open up and say some deep, dark shit that maybe you shouldn't have said to me. <laughs> you and, should do a podcast or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I, I go to this one guy. It's in um, Ocala, Florida, which is about an, like an hour north of me. And so I go up there. I'm putting together a workout machine. And um, it's this, the second this guy opens the door to let me in the house, I just, I read him completely. He's a little off. He oh, lives, he lives alone. Um, and, you know, he, he, but he had like, he sprayed what's left of his hair on his head and his handlebar mustache, like jet black. <laughs> and it's just like, it's going over into his skin and stuff. And I was, it just made me That's laugh, wild. but like. I don't know. So he's just asking me all these detailed questions about like, you know, putting together this thing and he doesn't know if he's going to be able to use it. And he's just got like a, a bad back and everything. And I'm just like, nah, yeah, man, if you, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm giving him small talk and everything. And I, I notice um, he's got like all this Marines flag and like all these photos of him and like the war and he, he was in Vietnam. And I was just like, Oh, well, thank you very much for your service. And he was just like, you're welcome. And he just, <laughs> and I, I say that to anybody I encounter who's been in the military and, but he just kind of had like a, like it kicked something to gear for him. He was just like, Oh, you're welcome. And then he starts telling me about shit he did in the war, like people oh, he's killed and stuff. And I was like, Oh boy. Um, yeah. uh, here's your free he, weight, sir. Yeah. And then <laughs> I was just like, he just kept talking and talking and talking and like, he's lonely. He lives alone. Like I kind of, I, I got it. Like he probably doesn't have a lot of people come by and he just leaves the room I'm working in. He goes back out to his living room and just sits there in his living room, faces the fucking wall and just keeps talking and talking, just didn't stop. And then I, I just, I'll get a word in edgewise. I'm just like, yeah, that's why I moved kind of out of the Orlando area. Just get a little more peace and quiet. And he's just like, yeah, damn straight. And just starts saying some of those racist shit to me. Like, yeah. cause that, that's the thing in Florida. When I had this job, a lot of homeowners would look at me like, uh, oh, you know, white guy. Let's see what I can open up about to him. And yep. in actuality, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of like, oh, that's really in those conversations. <laughs> um, and he just starts going and going about all this stuff. And then he tells me about all the guns he keeps in the of house course. and all the weapons. And it's that he's just like, yeah, I got him in the closet over there. And he walks over to the closet. I immediately screenshotted my location, sent it to my wife and said, I don't make it back. I was here. (laughs) Pulls a couple like handguns out and everything pulls like a machete out, kind of puts it near me to like, show me how sharp it is. And then he puts it away and goes, well, anyway, I'm a born again, Christian, you know, I believe in God. I'm a good guy now and everything. And then, and then I just like hauled ass finished, got out the door. He wouldn't leave me out the door. And he gave me a like talk while I'm trying to leave. Like, have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life? And um, I was just kind of like, look, man, like I got nothing against people who believe in, you know, a higher power and whatnot. I'm not a religious person, but like, you know, I, I have no ill will as long as you're not hurting anybody. And he's just like, yeah, no, I'm not, you know, I've just, I went on a rough road for a while, you know, but I was a born again Christian as a Christian, I'm supposed to, you know, try to, you know, talk to people about this kind of stuff. I'm like, cool, man. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. And 
someone's like next door this is a really long story actually i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no it's all good it's, it's um, really interesting there's this someone's like next door like with a leaf blower just blowing <laughs> leaves and i can't hear him anymore but he's talking to me <laughs> and i was like uh-huh, uh-huh. i'm like i gotta go i gotta go <laughs> and I just like, get in my car he's still standing there talking and i drove off i just waved by and i just immediately thought of like that guy probably could have held me captive like could have yeah. held me captive. He could have, if he wanted to done something horrible or maybe he couldn't have, but I was just in a situation where I was like, it, it was Tusk. It felt like Tusk. To me. <laughs> or it felt like silence yep. of the lambs or something. Uh, yeah. Um, that's right, hilarious. Yeah. He anyway. goes from guns to uh, <laughs> trying to convert you to Christianity. Like, Hey, I'm night. I appreciate the plot twist, but I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, uh, it was, just i don't know just a weird guy like i i'll never forget that guy i will never forget that guy i I, I still know how to get to his house (laughs) anytime i've like driven near ocala florida i've been like there's that guy out there (laughs) yeah outside uh outside of phaser i work with the elderly and i've had a lot of encounters like that yeah over my career and it gets it gets crazy especially with you know when you mix like dementia and alzheimer's with ptsd yeah i think that really crazy yeah no i'm i'm sure man so anyway tusk uh <laughs> if you haven't seen it uh go check it out go into it with it go into it with an open mind um it really kind of hits you in the pit of your stomach like you said once it ends if you saw it and hated it i'd say give it another shot just because of the kind of horror films that are out there now it might mesh well with you're into that kind of stuff but anyway let's get to our final picks uh you have the floor all right uh i'm gonna go with uh clerks two clerks i'm gonna two. go with jay and Silent bob go to degrassi Another one though, you have like like the John Hughes influence, and there's definitely a Degrassi influence, you know, cut you know, like we've been talking about all the like uh 
teen comedy kind of beats he has. I've never seen Degrassi, but I'm aware of it. <laughs> my uh, my my wife's actually been rewatching it when she can't sleep in the middle of the night. So I just like wake up and there's Drake on TV. <laughs> there's Drake in a wheelchair. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now she hasn't got to that episode yet. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't know that was. Late. I thought he was always in a wheelchair, but whatever. Oh uh, no, they do a uh, what like a school shooting episode. All right, I feel bad for now. Uh, <laughs> fucking kind of laughing about this scenario, but all right. But uh, yeah, uh, my pick is Clerks too. Okay. The uh, so you know that's the follow up to the original movie Clerks, and it's uh, the quick stop burns down, and Dante and Randall have to go work at was it movies yeah the, movies. the cow themed restaurant and then <laughs> so it's kind of like clerks but at a mcdonald's instead of a, a convenience store but like like you mentioned before has the really good love story with rosario dawson and it just i, I don't know it has a lot of because because it's like a fast food restaurant and because kevin smith is more famous there's like a lot of good cameos because you can literally have anyone walk in and out of the restaurant yeah. as customers so you have like uh ben affleck uh jason lee's one of the customers um i believe uh are, are you familiar with uh it's a really old website called uh bme zine is for uh, like I've, body I've piercings yeah so i believe the creators of that site uh make a cameo as one of the customers as well wanda sykes as the customer yeah hilarious. yeah but that's one of my favorite scenes but uh and then you know at the end you get the you know they kind of decide to grow up at the end of that movie which is always the the problem well i i didn't think that was the theme of the original clerks the, the original clerks going back to like different types of relationships i think clerks is the do you stay with the safe girl who loves you for who you are or do you go after like the wild and fun girl kind of thing which is a, a decision that like a a lot of people make during high school in mm -hmm. their 20s it's like do you go after the, the the wild fun relationship or the steady relationship kind of thing or, or or just going after people you know who aren't good for you but it's fun the uh but yeah and clerks 2 is more of like the it's time to grow up movie which i liked a lot uh and then you know there's a lot of callbacks to the original movie or other movies in the series like the uh jane silent bob doing like you know the 15 bucks song from uh yep from uh jane silent bob strike back and there's uh you get like really in-depth like lord of the rings jokes and transformers jokes oh the, the debate on uh um... yeah Lord of the Rings and Star Wars is like such a funny little. And who's like, there's a like a guy who comes in the store. Um, he's like a, I don't know what he. I recognized him from. Uh, did you remember like when the early two thousands when like VH1 did like I love the eighties, I love the seventies, I love the they. I don't know if you remember, but he was one of the commentators on that show. And I don't know his name to this day, but I recognize him from that. And he has such a the, Ke Kevin Wiseman. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and like, they ask him like, you know, what trilogy do you think is better? He like lifts up a ring. He's like one ring to rule them yeah. all. <laughs> lifts up a, he'll, uh, uh, what's the name? Elias holds up an onion ring. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, that was a that was kind of a movie that re-energized like my interest in his filmography. I remember I didn't 
because what did he do like right before did he do anything for a while clerks too because that was 06 i don't remember yeah so Jay and what? silent bob probably clerks yeah jan silent bob strike back yeah was probably the the one before that all right i, I don't i don't remember when clerks the cartoon came out but oh, wow i haven't thought about that i don't I, don't I don't think it was in between that in between those two all right um yeah, i ran for what six episodes and then they canceled it yeah i had i, it, I, I had it on dvd <laughs> <laughs> season one of clerks the cartoon but you mentioned like the stakes of relationship uh and i i think that's so true in both films. i mean in a lot of his films i mean i feel like i don't know maybe he just is projecting a lot you know with how much relationships maybe mean to him and his life on screen i mean there's always kind of like stakes in a relationship in a lot of his movies and i remember dude i remember going through a bad breakup like right after i got out of high school that's when it came out summer of 06 i think and seeing this movie and like the love story dynamic and it just fucking hit me man like yep. <laughs> it, i was just like dude no you gotta be with rosario dawson's character yep. man. <laughs> your wife is a bitch man like yeah who's uh played by kevin smith's wife yeah yeah like he has his own <laughs> goddamn wife play like a not i don't know i don't i haven't seen it in a while is, is she even like really or does she just like seem like the lesser of the two? I can't remember if she's or she's like forcing him to move, right? I think. Yeah, she's like forcing him to. I guess her family is like wealthy, so just forcing him to have like the cushy life, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um. I don't know. Were you ever gonna get Clerks three? You think? Or did he already shoot it? Was it? It's in some part of development, I believe. He, he posts about it so he's been posting about it for years, like but... ten years. That in uh, Moose Jaws, the the third horror movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I hope we get a good trilogy with Clerks. I mean, I think it's hard to come back. I mean, what like almost like close to fifteen years later and do just a sequel, and everybody just catches right on again. It's well, he made he made the he made reboot, which was the sequel to Strike Back. Which wasn't yes. my favorite movie. It, it was basically strike back like line for line. Yeah. <laughs> but my uh um we uh weird lore thing I like to think about is uh I actually made a TikTok about this or you know Instagram reel about this, but in uh so they have the cameo in Scream Three mm-hmm. where they, they yell at uh Gail Weathers or Courtney Cox. And <laughs> so that means that um and since Scream Three and Strike Back came out a year apart from each other you can kind of infer through the lore that they're there on their mission during strike back interesting and, dude you're so fucking good at this <laughs> <laughs> so it, in uh jane and bob strike back they run into a random movie studio and there's wes craven making a scream sequel with a monkey as Ghostface. so that means that during scream three um what's his name roman is making stab three and then in another warehouse on the same lot, Wes Craven is making a Scream sequel. So like Wes Craven is canon in Scream. I mean, through what jokes. What is that, but... dude? Wow. Dude, my mind is fucking blown because like Wes <laughs> Craven's making Scream 3. Jay and Silent Bob are in the vicinity of Scream 3 and Stab 3. And dude, and Stab 3, oh my, that's made up in the Scream franchise. I'm kind of confusing myself. 
but uh, yeah it's like trying to explain was... donnie darko to someone yeah like <laughs> dude, now my fucking mind is blown like oh my god that is such a dude that is definitely going to be an audio uh snippet uh for promotional <laughs> promotional reasons for this for this episode um all right cool clerks two uh let me get to my final one i already mentioned it and you already talked about it too so i'll try to elaborate where i where i can but um mall rats is uh, top of my list today i personally think it is my favorite of his entire filmography i have i i did the list is dwindling on films i've seen growing up that I go back to and just can rewatch without a problem. Like, I just feel like, cause there's so much stuff out there now, even stuff I like, I go like, that was great. I'm probably never going to go back to it, but that was great. On to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. All rats. I will fucking it's streaming right now on a uh, NBC universal streaming service, Peacock. Um, I probably might even just click it on later today. I got nothing to do outside of this. <laughs> um, it's it's just there's the rewatch value on Mallrats is just amazing for me the the dynamic between Jeremy London and Jason Lee like just the ultimate best friends they're each other's sidekick wingman wingman throughout it um, again a love story and whatnot that happens all at a mall I was a mall rat too I don't think I really acted like these characters at the mall I just like <laughs> me and my friends would just be like what do you want to do like fuck it let's go to the mall I don't know man like. And we would just go to the mall and eat at the food court. Maybe we wouldn't even go to the movies, dude. Like we would just go to the mall, see all these characters you'd see at the mall all the time. And I guess I was kind of a mall rat, but I never really got in trouble with like security and whatnot. I never had security on my case, but I I just go back to this movie so much. Um, I just said that like three times in a row, but um, I do remember the first time I ever saw this film. I was on a sleepover in like the seventh grade. So it's like 2000, 2001, maybe. And I had never seen it, but a friend of mine on the sleepover had seen it. So we rented it and we watched that movie like six, seven o'clock at night. And then afterwards we watched, <laughs> we watched a horror movie. We watched like fucking, I think it was like 13 ghosts or something. Um, one of those early two <laughs> thousands horror flicks. And 13 ghosts kind of creeped me the fuck out i won't lie and uh um they all went to bed at like one in the morning i put mall rats back on to help me go oh, back yeah. to sleep like to put <laughs> me in a not so freaked out mood anymore because to add on to the fact that we watched a scary movie my friend's stepdad is an undertaker and they lived oh, yeah. above the fucking room he worked downstairs and he was downstairs working on a dead body that night <laughs> like, <laughs> So like I was fucking creeped out that we were pretty much above a funeral home at a sleepover. And um, I think I just got an idea for a horror film. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I put on Mallrats just to kind of soothe my fears a little bit. And it is, it's just such a fun movie. It's such a fun, like kind of one location plot film. Yep. I mean, what I, don't, I think I just love malls and malls are kind of going away now. And there's not the love for going to the mall anymore that there's just such a great piece of nostalgia watching this film. Now there's so many great little one liners in the movie. Um, I think in the very beginning, uh, TS Jeremy London's character, I forget who's talking to him, but he, uh, they're telling him about the, the, the fat girl that went swimming to lose yep. weight. 
and she died. <laughs> yeah. And his reaction, all he says is, she's fucking dead. Like, yep. cracks me up dead. every time for some reason. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So that that's the reference in Chasing Amy is that when Joey Lauren Adams meets Ben Affleck and they realize they're from the same hometown, she's like, she's like, my friend died in the YMCA pool or whatever. <laughs> right. And then she also was like, my my best friend fucked a dead guy in the bathroom, like like referencing clerks. Yeah, yeah. No, he's just so low key. I've actually reached out to Jeremy London's agent to come on the show because I have a connection to see if I can get him on. I've yet to succeed at that, but I've always wanted to just say your delivery of she's fucking dead is one of the funniest things I've seen in a movie for some goddamn reason. I'll put a little snippet of that. She's fucking dead. (laughs) Um, But look, it's, you know, it's a great love story with a kind of a great first, second, third act. There's all the great little side characters of um, uh, what's his name. Who's looking at the painting. Uh, Fucking. um, Oh, um, Ethan Supley. Yeah. Ethan, like struggling to see something in the painting and like a kid rides up and like immediately sees it. He's like, you know what? Yeah. There is no Easter Bunny. <laughs> um, great Stan Lee um, cameo yeah, Stan Lee where he kind of gives the inspirational speech to Jeremy London or no to Jason Lee, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like, <laughs> you know, he's coming off Clerks. You know, he's probably had this script in the back his back pocket for a while, and like this is like Kevin Smith really getting to fire on all cylinders. You know, it's his, it's his big follow up. But I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. Like I thought he'd mentioned it somewhere that this film was like a bit of a box office bomb. It bombed, and he yeah. apologized for making it, and like, and that's kind of what like forced him into like the cult classic. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, I mean, it's crazy that, I mean, the dollar maybe would cost more in 1995 than it does now, but, like, the budget of this is $6.1 million. So, like, for it to bomb, like, damn, man. Like, because I, I don't know. I don't know how something like this could bomb, but that's how things go with movies. But, yeah, I mean, it's also really nerdy, and it's in a time where, like, comic books weren't really made, like, the forefront of pop culture like they are now. True true like, um you don't want to hear guys talking about superhero dicks for 20 minutes yeah just <laughs> yeah but there's just so much like again like these great little side plots um not side plots just like dialogue that goes on like jason lee's character is watching the kids screw around on the escalator and he's having like a fucking <laughs> meltdown about it yeah fucking doing it again <laughs> <laughs> He's back on the escalator. I always thought of that because like when I was little and I saw that movie, I had seen it around the same time. There was an episode of that. It was another USA show called Rescue 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was an episode where the kid's foot gets caught in the escalator and they had to like amputate his foot or whatever. (laughs) So I was just like, yeah, that kid better get off the escalator. I saw Rescue 911 in USA. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think we've covered mall rats. It, like, it's just, it's just such a fun little cult classic that I just constantly enjoy on the regular. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's it for kind of our Kevin Smith, little, uh, 
retrospect or our sampler or whatever, but thank you for, well, before I, before I wrap up, um, sure. let me just say, let me just ask, uh, this is the part of the show where if I know you're obviously doing your stuff at phaser media, but if anybody has anything to plug, uh, or anything you got coming down the pipeline, uh, feel free to, uh, have the floor. Oh, yeah, sure. So my, my main project at the moment is, uh, phaser media, uh, as we discussed before, it's a blog that covers uh, mostly movies, uh, TV and music, but kind of the underground niche versions of them. So like underground hip hop, you know, cult, cult classic movies, things like that. Um, we also uh, were, um, I also produce music. You can find me on Spotify. It's uh, Bravna A is my name and it, uh, B-R-U-V and a like brother and governor put together and then a for aaron <laughs> i make uh i make little silly uh it's like boom boom bap hip-hop but it kind of has my own little weird weirdness to it uh, i put out i put out my first album uh i think about a year and a half ago and then i've done some other work for people uh i'm open for commissions if anyone wants uh like a podcast intro or background music for any videos they're making. I can make, I make like hip hop, like almost like stock audio for people. And uh, so you can hit me up if you're looking for any audio work that needs to be done. I think eventually we'll make that like a feature of phaser, but for right now we're just uh, doing the blogging thing and uh, check out my, uh, you know, the phaser TikTok and our Instagram reels. I make, I try to make at least five a week for those and yeah, I'm around. Hit me up. <laughs> all right. I'll leave a link to all that in the show notes. Um, cool, man. Aaron, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, no, like I said, we'll do like a big, uh, we'll get both you and Anthony on, uh, maybe cause I think that was like a game plan, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll do like something big. Maybe <laughs> the three of us down the road at some point. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I will. Uh, whenever this airs, I will send this over to Kevin Smith and <laughs> see if he <laughs> fucking donated fifty dollars to me five years ago. I don't know. See if I can catch him <laughs> next time he's in my hometown. But um, and I'm like, this, isn't, this isn't my hometown, but in the town I live in. But um, yeah. all right. Anyway, uh, you guys know the routine. Leave a rating, leave a review, and we will see you next week on the basement. <laughs>